the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. A little bit of a chest cold. Last week I had a little bit of a head cold. Oh, it's that time of year. Lots to talk about money investing and more. Thanks for being a part of the show. I do appreciate it. Um, what we saw yesterday was very, very tepid rally. And what, this time of year, we tend to go up two or three or four percent. We're not getting that end of the year rally. It was not pretty yesterday, but the markets did snap their four day losing streak. Basically, there was a shock from Bank of Japan and their surprising move to raise the cap on its government bond yields. Tesla shares continued to tumble down 8% yesterday. News is out that Elon Musk is ready to step down as CEO. But let's say not so fast. Let's wait till we see a little bit more. Congress plans to go on a little holiday shopping spree today. Unveiling a new $1.7 trillion spending package to fund federal agencies through September 2023. The bill concerns discretionary spending, so mostly um, a lot of money is going to defense. Listen to some of this stuff that's being it, – it's pretty wide is what I'm trying to get at. Lawmakers want to send $858 billion to the military, representing a 10% bump from its current funding level. $119 billion for veteran health care, 22% increase from this fiscal year, $45 billion in aid to Ukraine, $40 billion for storm and wildfire relief, $5 billion to help low-income housing deal with a high heating cost, $1 billion to strengthen Puerto Rico's energy grid. That's kind of a line that kind of slips in. You're like, did he say $1 billion to strengthen Puerto Rico's energy grid? I did. Uh, but then there's also some crazy stuff. You know, the desperate urging of Maine's lobster industry. The bill includes a provision to delay restrictions on nets for lobster fishing that are intended to protect endangered North Atlantic uh, whales. How did that get in there? The bill would also let you max out your 401k contribution by expanding incentives for people to put away money and tax deferred retirement savings. So there's good things in it. There's a proposal to ban TikTok. The federal government-owned devices, um, we're hearing a lot about states doing it. But there's some national security concerns about Chinese-owned apps and data. And the example that I try to give that, that kind of shows you a little bit is the concept of my children on TikTok. If one out of 10 videos that they see are things like, you don't need to go to college, that would be a very hurtful app to America. Um, if China is sending their kids to college, like, do you see where it kind of get kind of goofy? And I know you're saying, well, what's the big deal? I I can't really go much further because I'm really not that savvy. 
Trump's tax returns are going public. It looks like he's paid um, $750 or less each year for the last six years. The Democrat-led House Ways and Means Committee voted to publicly release six years of former President Donald Trump's tax returns. So he says he's a successful businessman, but his businesses don't end up paying taxes. They end up losing money. Eh, You tell me. Will there be charges brought up on that? Probably not. Um, Of the 112 million people AAA is expecting to travel for the holidays, many of them could face serious delays. We're starting to see a brutal winter storm expected to start its own holiday journey in the Rockies and carry massive amounts of snow, high winds across the Midwest and East Coast before Christmas Eve. Around 5,000 flights could be laid or canceled. Pay attention. Argentina is going bonkers. An estimated 4 million people flooded the streets of Buenos Aires yesterday. They had to use a helicopter to get the players out of their bus because it was overwhelmed. That's pretty uh, impressive. It makes our like Super Bowl winners look kind of like small. Or our World Series winners, parades. 4 million people is a lot of people. What else do we have to have to cover? No Santa Claus rally in sight. If the S&P 500 misses the final rally, that bodes poorly for rebound odds in 2023. So when we don't rally, we don't have that fresh feeling going into the new year. And we tend not to have a good year. Um, I'm not going to get into the data on it. About 17.5% to 6.4%. It's a little bit much, and it's a little on the historical side. <clears throat> Nike had a real nice quarter last night. We'll talk about that as the show goes on. Um, I own shares of Nike personally for the long-term investment, and I probably reinvest my dividends you know, just as a matter of principle in the last five years. And that has helped me create more shares of Nike. Is it appropriate for you? I don't know. Don't know you. Don't know your portfolio. So did you take a look at chat GPT last week? Chat GDPT is currently the it girl of generative artificial intelligence. Technology can write essays on niche topics, craft cover letters, produce movie scripts. It's currently one of the most advanced AI models and is even touted as a Google killer. But it's not ready yet. A lot of hype needs to mature. Then it becomes useful in society. There's a kind of hype circle in technology. It's a pattern that the smartphone, the internet, and other inventions all followed. Successful future any for any technology is not guaranteed, but chat GPT is pretty, pretty close to breaking through. Roomba, is it taking pictures of you? There's an automatic vacuum cleaner uh, that we all have seen in the last couple of years. We saw the reviews early on and we're like, hey, I don't know about that. And it's still around. Um. An automatic vacuum cleaner took multiple sensitive photos that were shared on social media. An image of a woman sitting on the toilet was included in the leaked pictures. What's going on with that one? Rumor says leaked pictures, including one of a woman on the toilet, were taken by test vacuums, not purchased ones. What kind of test is going on? <clears throat> I don't know. This makes me a little nervous. You see the commercial right now. I'm sure you've seen this. 
and it's inside of Roomba and it's like got a data center and command center and it's the robots looking around the floor and may see like a cat that it drives around the cat. And then there's a story about pictures of a woman on a toilet to being taken by a room and you're like, what's going on? Just throwing it out there. Speaking of toilets, Kohler just revealed it's got the Numi 2.0 smart toilet, which comes equipped with Alexa LED lights and speakers. It's ready to be installed in homes. It's $11,500 for the person who has to have a smart toilet. It is pretty cool looking, but do we need an $11,500 toilet? And is that why many countries around the world hate the United States? Because we poop in expensive toilets. It's really cool looking. It's similar to the Japanese Toto, a bidet that can wash both front and back bits, UV lights for cleaning, control over temperature, position and pressure of the bidet, auto deodorizing, auto flushing, minimize poo residue. I know that's a feature. Minimize poo residue. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Got a bit of a weak throat this morning. Sorry. I know it doesn't make for the greatest media. FedEx told us that daily package volumes dropped roughly 12% year over year. That's showing a slowing U.S. economy. Roomba, an automatic vacuum cleaner, took multiple sensitive photos that were shared on social media. An image of a woman sitting on a toilet was included in leaked photos. Someone needs to be fired at the company. Um, I know you're saying that's easy for you to do, Rob. I just, I don't like that. There's something weird. HBO is running the show Game of Thrones and they're putting ads into it, which is kind of an interesting argument. If you made Game of Thrones and you liked that HBO didn't do commercials and that they give the whole hour a lot of time to breathe on their their network, their platform. If you created it, are you upset that they're adding commercials? Like should Ned Stark, the mighty Ned Stark, the honorable Ned Stark. Should an Dysfunction drug ad run right before he loses his head. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Keep in mind that series is about 12, 13 years old. So not that big of a spoiler, right? Um, but as a creator, as an artist, I am a dancer. Should work be reimagined after it's originally been published? I don't have a great answer on that one. As long as it's somehow they're getting residuals and some sort of pay or... Somehow it was negotiated back into a deal. I don't know. I, there's this, you could see how it's stupid, right? You can see how it doesn't really play well. Um, private equity firms see a big opportunity buying up companies, staffing hospitals, emergency rooms, and doctors. Uh, I am stunned by conversations with people about restaurants and services like doctor's offices where they're both are having trouble finding staff. My spouse made a dinner reservation and they called her the night before. You know how you could make your dinner reservation on open table. And they said, we just want to let you know, we kind of just recently got back up to speed. So we only serve one meal. And I was like, what is it? 
and it's beef stroganoff. And I'm like, what? So it's like a beef stroganoff. So they're only serving that and then burgers. So, but they're like, if you're looking for steaks, if you're looking for, you know, things done right, this is the wrong place to go. And we're pretty deep out of the pandemic times right now, even though those numbers are questionably jumping again. Just why? Because it's that time of year, right? FTX is trying to claw back donations and political contributions as it looks to put a dent in the massive amount of money it owes creditors. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried appeared to be caught taking a little tighter uh, tiger snooze yesterday during this extradition hearing. Supposedly, the prison down there that they're keeping him in is brutal. The NFT platform, co-founded by Tom Brady, just laid off dozens of employees. Autograph, whose board included the recording artist known as The Weeknd, closed earlier this year. A $170 million Series B that was led by Anderson Horowitz and Kleiner Perkins. The NFTs are not working out well. The Trump NFTs, uh, they're fun to watch because literally the prices go up, they go down, they go up, they go down, they go up. It's like watching a roller coaster. Where will they be in 10 years? I predict most NFTs are going to be problematic and not work out the way people want them to. I don't really understand going after alternative assets when there's really good historical ones that aren't the alt just right in front of you. This is kind of funny. Sellers of big bows for cars, which became a staple of popular culture, thanks to Lexus holiday commercials, have seen sales drop this year. That can be indicative that fewer cars are being purchased as gifts this year. Um, I like my current ride. I've never been a guy who gets too caught up in vehicles. And I was actually kind of impressed with myself. Um, I have a truck and it just hit 84, 85,000 miles. And it still rides great and it's clean on the inside. And uh, I know you're saying trucks aren't supposed to be clean on the inside. Well, you do have a point about that. Other news out there. Mortgage refinance demand surged 6%. Mortgage refinance demand surged 6% as rates dropped to the lowest levels since September. That's good news. And anecdotally, what that could mean is someone who bought a house last year at, you know, six and a half, seven percent mortgage. They're now saying, you know, hey, I see things are down in the mid fives. Um, I'm going to lock in now. That would say their monthly payment is going to be a little bit lower, which means they'll have a little bit more money left on the side when all things are said and done. lot going on with higher interest rates and the interest rate market right now that will play out in 2023. I don't think on a positive level, this Federal Reserve does not seem to be aggressively pursuing, let's cut interest rates and let's start the whole process again of people borrowing cheap money. They don't seem to be inclined. Is that fair? Home sales tumbled more than 7% in November, this 10th straight month of declines. Speaking of mortgages, sales were down 35% year over year, marking the 10th straight month of declines. The median price rose 3.5% to $370,700. 
seven hundred dollars. That's tough for to, to say. It'd be tougher. It was three hundred and seventy thousand seven hundred and seventy. Um, but sales down about seven point seven percent in November compared with October. Sales are down thirty five percent year over year, marking the tenth straight month of declines. That was the weakest pace since November two thousand ten with the exception of May 2020 when things went to hell in a handbasket with COVID and we're locked up and you're not supposed to go out of the house and you're definitely not supposed to see a home. Low supply kept prices higher than a year ago, up three and a half percent to a median sales price of $370,700. But those annual gains are shrinking fast. The double digit gains seen earlier this year gone. When you see a three and a half percent jump, it's still the highest November price that realtors have ever recorded. And at 129 straight months, it's the longest running streak of year over year price gains since the realtors began tracking it roughly in 1968. So month to month, we are seeing smaller gains. Year over year, we're seeing smaller gains. We still have a very long streak of multiple years of seeing uh, prices rise. With prices still high and mortgage rates hitting a cyclical peak, first-time buyers remained on the sidelines. They're responsible for less than 28% of sales in November. So 2023, I think it's going to be a year where we talk about recessions. 30. You may live through one and not even feel it, like an earthquake. But I think it's also going to be a year where we talk a little bit more about mortgage rates and, and and homes. Not a lot of damage seen externally in the housing market, in the newspapers, or in financial media. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Here's drawing to a close. We're still working. We're still paying attention to what's going on in the markets. Joining me today, Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Yeah, good morning, Rob. I'm doing just fine. Thanks. Get all your holiday shopping finished? I have. Now I'm just gearing up to uh, do some serious shoveling here in Chicago in the next few days. Oh, I'm in my mountain getaway place right now and I've uh, been doing some serious shoveling. We got five feet of snow two weeks ago and uh, let's just say it sat for a couple weeks and kind of got heavy. Yeah, all right. I won't complain then if we're maybe going to get 12 inches of snow. <laughs> so, Scott, uh, Scott is a cold town. You're in a, more, you're in a prettier spot. <laughs> That's fair to say, uh, but thank you. Um, Nike and FedEx reported last night, and it seems like the markets are getting some positives out of both of them. What did we see? Yeah, no doubt that uh, the market <clears throat> liked the uh, the tone of these reports, I guess you could say, um, but for different reasons. I think you know, you look at the, at Nike, right, and it's it's clearly still enjoying you know strong demand for its products, and uh, and it helped to hear that the company say that it believes that the you know the worst of its inventory problems are behind it. So it kind of you know sets the stage maybe for you know for better uh, profits uh, moving ahead. Um, but at the same time, you know, investors are heartened by you know the recognition that there is is still strong demand there for for Nike products, and then. When you have the reopening of China to factor in uh, in 2023, you know you can see you can see a light at the end of the tunnel here, and that's clearly being reflected in the stock price this morning, which is up about 12 percent. Um, with FedEx, uh, FedEx is kind of its own story though, because. 
the response to FedEx is driven by the company's attention to preserving its profit margins by cutting costs even further. Now, the caveat to that is that they're cutting costs the way that they are because demand is weakening, uh, and they saw a continued softening in the demand trends in their fiscal second quarter. So, uh, you know, I think Nike is just one of those companies, right, where it's just it just has a product that people love, um, you know, but FedEx is right in the middle of, you know, everything as it relates to transporting goods. And the concern there is that, uh, you know, its commentary relates more to the macro concerns that the market's been having of late uh, and how they could translate into lower earnings estimates in, in coming periods. But so for the time being, anyway, Wall Street appreciates the fact that FedEx is trying to bolster its profitability. That's a good thing. Uh, but the commentary out of FedEx seems to be a little bit more concerning as it relates to the Main Street picture. Uh, but that's not, um, you know, it's not really coming into focus here today for the market, which is, you know, as I mentioned in page one, just kind of like, I think, done with hearing bad news for the time being. It was looking for an excuse to rally. When we take a look at FedEx and UPS and airline stocks and train stocks, they're called the transports. I learned many, many, many years ago to watch the transports. I believe I was told to watch them because they're looking to the future. And as their stocks start to rebound, that's telling you the economy will be rebounded in six months. I'm paraphrasing a lot there. Would you Do you look at the transports and what do you see in the transports? Well, what you're saying is true. I mean, when you think about that, you know, transports, they move people and goods. And uh, and so they're pretty much a, a pretty good sight line to what's going on with, you know, the broader economy. And, uh, and you know, looking at the Dow Jones transportation average, I mean, it's you can see a downtrend there um, <clears throat> this year, just like we have seen in the S&P 500. Um, you've had some nice rally efforts along the way, but the downtrend is still intact. And uh, it's kind of been uh, uh, illuminating to look at some of these transport stocks. And while you hear, uh, you know, particularly the airlines, right, you hear them talking about demand remaining strong, uh, but for, for, you know, I, I don't know if whatever reason is the right expression, because I think there is a reason, but the stock prices haven't really responded in kind this year. And I think that the reason being is that while demand is strong now and uh, and the commentary about what it looks like, you know, in the near future anyway, seems pretty good, investors are just not convinced that that's going to remain the case as the lag effects of the Fed's rate hikes uh, kick in. And that, that, again, has been kind of like this main layer of concern just hanging over the market here is that you're going to see, um, you know, a... Uh, a deeper setback because of the Fed's aggressive rate hike actions and the, you know, apparent declaration to, you know, keep raising rates here in the in the near term. I'm going to have to re-listen to this segment because he just blew me away with some of the words he used. Um, you did well in high school on your SATs, I would imagine. Um, moving to, back to you, though, and back to page one at briefing.com. Is there anything that we should be looking at as far as economic data, or was last week's CPI it for us? Well, CPI was was definitely the big hurdle uh, for okay. the market here. Um, you know, we we'll get uh, the personal income and spending report for for November uh, on Friday here, um, and that that is of course and it's an important uh, piece of information. You know, it'll contain that. PCE price index, the core PCE price index, the Fed pays very close attention to. Um, and, you know, the market 
will be comforted if it sees, you know, kind of a decelerating trend there in the rate of core PCE inflation. Uh, but, you know, we just heard last week uh, from the Fed chair himself that, um, you know, that in core inflation is still too high uh, because of, you know, what they're seeing and, you know, services, X energy inflation. And, uh, and it's believed that, uh, you know, the Fed, you know, isn't or the Fed is thinking that, you know, there's a lot more work to be done here. Um, I don't know if the market believes that, but that's what the Fed believes. And, you know, the Fed's calling the shots right now. And so uh, so it'll be helpful if we see some better inflation data uh, in that report. But, um, you know, but again, uh, until we kind of see the, the pivot, so to speak, from the Fed, uh, you know, the market will remain on edge that the Fed's going to overdo this. And, and trigger that, you know, much deeper economic setback that uh, we've been talking about. I don't know if there's a question here, but if we're talking about the Fed pivoting six months from now, nine months from now, 12 months from now, I would have to imagine the market's going to be lower and people are going to be pretty frustrated, which would be wonderful yeah. because that would be maybe the sign of a bottom. When people get frustrated, they give up, they stop talking about it. Um, I'm watching mega cap stocks go up and down and up and down. I'm kind of getting tired mm-hmm. of watching them. Um what, what's your thought on being interested in the market or losing interest in the market or the grind getting to people after a while? Well, you know, that you have a lot of the same same things. You're right. You know, when you, when you do hear the same thing over and over again every day, you do get tired of listening to it. Um, that's just human nature, I think. And, you know, the, the dominating theme this year has been the Fed. And I think that the, the stock market one would be happy to stop obsessing over the Fed. But it, it unfortunately, is not going to get that opportunity here, at least through the first half. Uh, well, probably for most of 2023. But the question is when it starts uh, obsessing over a Fed that's going to be more friendly. Um, and so before you get to a pivot, the Fed's going to actually pause. And, and you know, and again, we're hearing from Fed officials that they're going to stick there for quite some time. Uh, so we're going to be, you know, digesting that in 2023 in terms of how the economic data uh, drives Fed policy decision making and, you know, when uh, they will ultimately pause, how long they will stay there, and then eventually when they'll pivot to a rate cut. Uh, cycle. Um, and uh, and right now, if the Fed is to believe, be believed, that might not happen in 2023. But I think if you look at the Treasury market, it's calling the Fed's bluff at the moment. So that'll be the great focal point here, uh, yeah. along with what happens with earnings estimates as we move through 2023. Great content. Um, with about two minutes left, not a lot of time, end of the year, anything that you want to throw out there for us? Because this will be our last segment of the year, and we'll pick back up next year, I'm, I'm assuming, with uh, things getting kind of crazy next week. Yeah, you know, uh, of course, you hear a lot about the Santa Claus rally effort, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people generalize that to kind of just say, oh, some, you know, when you look at the month of December, it's a Santa Claus rally period. But, you know, taking it literally, really, it, it covers the last five trading days of a year plus the first two sessions of the new year. That's the Santa Claus rally period. And so, um, so you have a market here that's oversold on a short-term basis. Uh, it's looking for an excuse to rally. Uh, we had some clearance to do that today based on the positive responses to FedEx and Nike. So we're going to be watching over the next week or so if, if maybe we get a little bit more uh, more positive price action that's helped along by some of the thinner trading conditions here. But, uh, you know, it should be a nice way to end what has been, you know, kind of a lousy month of December so far. And we've got a lot of road to make up, though, to, to get positive for the month. So it'd be some kind of closing week for the year uh, if we get a S&P 500 that's positive for the month by the end of it. 
uh, not expecting something like that, but uh, it's certainly a little bit of recovery effort will help um, sentiment here through the holiday period as we move into the start of the start of the new year. Thanks very much for joining me this year, this week. Have a good holiday season. We'll pick back up in 2023. Um, it's briefing.com. Patrick O'Hare. He's got a page one that starts a big picture that finishes on Friday. Page one every single day. Briefing.com is a reliable source of domestic and international news. And I think you will find friendly to uh, digest and consume and, and see what is working and what is not working economically and Wall Street-wise. So that, that is Patrick O'Hara. Thank you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. One in five young adults are particularly vulnerable to delinquencies and have money in collections right now. For the 18 to 24-year-olds in minority communities, they face even greater financial stress. But young adults are struggling to manage high-interest debt. Um, the buy now, pay later, I do not understand, and I do not like it in any way, shape, or form. Credit card debt is getting more expensive as the Fed is raising interest rates. So if you are carrying debt, it's going to be tougher in 2023. Try to get a plan together. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. This interview featured on the Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. Some of the data inside the home prices. I want to go over it one more time, even though I've gone over it kind of quickly. Uh, Sales of existing homes fell 7.7% in November compared with October. So month to month, slowing down aggressively. Uh, sales were down 35% year over year. Now you're like, this sounds horrible. Um, that's the weakest pace since November 2010, when the nation was mired in a great recession, as well as a foreclosure crisis. Available housing inventory remains near historic lows. And at the current sales pace, it, it would take about 3.3 months to sell every house that's on the market. That's not much. At three months, it is a seller's market. At six months, it becomes a, a buyer's market. At nine months, the seller's just panicked and trying to lower the price. But houses aren't staying on the, on the market for long. Taking a look at it, roughly 23% of homes sold above list price due to tight supply. The home price that was recorded at the end of November was equals 129 straight months of year-over-year price gains. That's just stunning. You do that on the the math, and you're like, that's 10-plus years, right? Yep. Going back to that November 10 kind of weakness, yep. So when it bottomed, it started on a long run, is what I'm getting at. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, What else do we have to hit today? There is some legislation that is being earmarked for part of the spending plan. It includes changes to Americans' retirement funds. It's got over 4,000 pages of text. Some of the things that jump out, um, trying to ban TikTok at higher education and healthcare locations. The bill would allow people to save longer for retirement. So it helps our retirement funds. In particular, it helps wealthy people like me, who I have both retirement accounts and regular accounts that I can draw on. 
and I will be able to allow my retirement accounts, which are not taxed, your 401k, you pay no federal tax on it right now when you're working. The capital gains grow tax gain free, capital gains free. Um, you're not paying income on it until you start pulling the money out. And to say, Rob, you, you don't have to take it out now until you're 75. That's wonderful news for me. It's not necessarily wonderful news for the average worker. Um, I'm not approaching 75. I can see it a little bit more so than I could when I was 20. But allowing me to save longer, just to, it's not really a fix. One of the things that I like that's a fix in it is it is talking about automatic enrollment in 401ks for employees starting in 2025. I like that. There's also an increased contribution in retirement savings for older workers. I like that. Um, but I still feel that it tilts in the favor of the wealthier retirees and allows them to accumulate more money untouched by taxes. For people who are already financially stable, the higher age might mean they can stow away more untaxed funds in their 401k or even transfer more of those tax-subsidized funds to their heirs. So... To say that this is a big financial package inside the spending package, I'm not really convinced of. Real retirement savings reform would address the core problem. Too many low- and middle-income workers with too little savings. Too many high-income employees and the rich with too much savings that is heavily subsidized by taxpayers. There's a lot going on when you start talking about Washington and... Wall Street. Today, we're seeing a rebound from a short-term oversold condition. We're seeing positive reaction earnings reports from FedEx and Nike for two very different reasons. If you didn't hear the Patrick O'Hare interview, I suggest backing up the podcast and listening to it. There's a pullback in treasury yields. There's a leadership today from strong mega, uh, strong leadership day from mega cap stocks. Everything I'm seeing out there is kind of working right now. That's not a great market in my mind. We are just moving. Uh, we're trying to find a little bit of value after a tough month and a tough year. Usually December is a little bit more friendly. Justin Bieber's upset with H&M over the, some clothing that they put out with his uh, name on it. He says, don't buy it. It's trash. Well, that's going to be a bad relationship going forward. Trump paid zero dollars in taxes during his last year in office. If you don't see that as a problem, and I'm not getting a Republican Democrat on you right now, uh, I see it as a problem. Now, again, did we, he pay taxes? Yeah, he probably paid uh, retail sales taxes, right? He probably pay. There's there's taxes that we all pay in our life. But he probably wasn't buying much retail either, I guess, if you think about it when you're the president. You got to have people do that for you. Nike's biggest problem is starting to vanish. The company's under bloat control, much to the light of investors. Shares of the apparel and footwear giant surged 12% in trading this morning. Um, the stock is trending today. Nike's second quarter was the company noticeably working down its excess inventory caused earlier this year by economic pullbacks. It's an issue that's plagued profits. Inventory, the product has already been made and it just sits there. And... They might go out of fashion. Some new trendier shoes may come out around. 
management told analysts on an earnings call it continues to focus on cleaning out inventory, particularly uh, through off-price retail stores. Further progress is expected, so Wall Street really likes this because the inventory peak looks to be behind them. So back to real quick that me saying Trump didn't pay taxes, and I have a problem with that. It's just uber-wealthy people. I'm I'm wealthy, and I pay taxes. And when I look at my tax bill, I'm like, I'm not proud of it. But I'm also not looking to say, my life's been so good that, hey, I'm going to move to Texas. I hate when I see stories about people like Carl Icahn moving to Florida to avoid income taxes. I hate it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.